If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you as always, sharing, talking, and examining, investigating ideas that are in the Torah, teaching us how to live our lives more fully, to live our lives better, to enrich our lives with the light, the wisdom, the strength, the power of Torah, the word of Hashem, to look at the Torah and to understand that which is happening around us. Because after all, as I've often explained, everything that takes place in this world comes about as a result of God's direct involvement, the incredible concept of individual divine providence. Each and every single thing that takes place is there because God wills it. God has so decided. And for us to understand, to a certain degree, perhaps to a limited degree, what in fact are the reasons behind the actions of Hashem, particularly in times when there are so many questions to be answered. It's a time that we are a bit overwhelmed by the confusion, the uncertainty that takes place in the world, throughout the entire world. You know, one might think in their particular place, this is where the difficulties arise. But in actual fact, this is universal throughout the entire world. Wherever I speak, to whomever I speak around the world, it's the same story a time of great confusion, a time of great challenge. And for us to understand even a little bit of what's happening, it's absolutely necessary to look into Torah, to try and understand the words of Torah, to try and understand how Hashem functions in this world, how He creates this world, guides the world, directs the world. And we, through our own power of choice, recognizing the presence of God, recognizing the presence of Hashem, are able to have an inkling of understanding of how things work in the world. And this is why, at all times, particularly challenging times, it's vital to turn to Torah and to try and understand from Torah what our lives are all about. Not only to enrich our lives, not only to perfect our lives, but to understand how, in fact, God interacts with the world that he has created. This is the second week of the seven weeks of consolation. We started last week with Shabbat Nachmu, the Shabbat comes right after Tisha B'Av when we commemorate tragically the sad events of the destruction of two temples, the exile of the people. It's a time of consolation, says God. Yes, I gave you three weeks of mourning, I'm now giving you seven weeks of consolation, of blessing, of somehow easing the pain of destruction and exile, easing the pain of loss, easing the pain of confusion recognize the word of Hashem. And this is why the seven haftarat that we read from last week, right up until Yontav, right up until Rosh Hashanah, all come from the book of Isaiah, the great prophet who heralds the coming of Mashiach, who heralds the entire redemption. Yeshayahu, who is the prophet that speaks in glorious terms about redemption, about how Hashem will not only console us, but to return us to our original state of greatness and holiness materially and spiritually and not only to our original state but even higher. That's the concept of redemption. And this is the second week we read the Haftarah where Zion, the Jewish people turn to Hashem and say 
God, you have forsaken us. And what does God say? Can a mother ever forsake her infant child? And this is something which is so precious in terms of understanding our relationship. It's not only a relationship of creator and creation. It's not only a relationship of monarch and followers. It's not only the relationship, the higher, the spiritual and the physical. It's a relationship of a mother with an infant. What could be closer? The attachment, the feeling of love, the feeling of protection and concern. This is the second week of consolation. This is the week that we have to develop within our own understanding, within our own feelings, what it means to be an infant of Hashem. And to be an infant of Hashem is something which is so overwhelmingly powerful. It not only gives us, as I said before, a sense of purpose, a sense of protection, a sense of warmth. It goes far beyond that. It makes us understand that there is great purpose, great concern, great care between ourselves and Hashem, Hashem and us. And this is something which at times we tend to forget. We think of ourselves as independent entities, separated and distant from Hashem. This is something which has to be changed in terms of our understanding of life, in terms of teaching others how to understand life. There is a unique and permanent and powerful relationship between each and every one of us and Hashem. And that powerful relationship is something that results in a tremendous sense of warmth and purpose. There is nothing greater. Confusion, chaos, the lack of certainty, whatever exists in the world, when you know that there is a powerful bond of love, of care, of concern, of purpose, then you know there is no uncertainty. We may not understand it fully. We may not comprehend each and every single detail. But as long as we have that emotional feeling of this particular relationship, how Hashem himself says through the prophet, can a mother ever forget her infant child. This is the type of relationship that we try to develop in the seven weeks of consolations, the second of the seven weeks. Today was also a bit of a sad day. We heard some bad news from Israel. The great scholar, the great teacher, the great author and writer, Rabbi Adin Eben Yisrael Steinzeltz passed away after an illness. Rabbi Steinzeltz is known for having translated the Gemara, the Talmud, into Hebrew. He is known to have written a great many books on a great many topics of Jewish purpose and interest. He was a great mystic. He wrote about Kabbalah. He wrote about Hasidut. He translated and also wrote fascinating books on the Tanya, he was a man of great talent, of great teaching. Among his many duties, he was also the rabbi of the Tzemach Tzedek Shul Synagogue in the Old City, the Chabad Shul in the Old City of Jerusalem. He was ill for some time, and he passed away today. He, in fact, will be missed. A great man, a great writer, a person who influenced the lives of so many by making the Talmud easy to understand or easier to understand with his translation and commentary, he made Kabbalah, Hasidut, available to the hearts and minds of a great many people. And his thinking, his teaching, his writing will be missed deeply. And this is why it's a Shabbos of consolation, a week of consolation, a time of consolation. And although, yes, we feel a sense of pain, we feel a sense of loss, but the consolation is there as well. 
something which is important for us to understand, something which is important for us to live with. The Parsha is Akiv, a fascinating Parsha. Not only is this a continuation of Moses' powerful, emotional, strong farewell message to his people before he passes on and before they enter the Promised Land, it's also a Parsha that contains a great many elements of importance as far as we are concerned. This is a Parsha that has so many powerful messages. We have to study some of them. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. The Parsha opens up in a very strange sort of way. It says, V'hoya ekip kishma'un, the Parsha opens up with the words that if in fact you will heed, you will listen to the commandments that God has given you, safeguard them, then I will fulfill all the great blessings, etc., etc., protect you, shower you with goodness and greatness, etc., etc. But the question is, it's a very difficult term. The word ekip, although within the context of this particular pasuk, of this particular verse, refers to if you will do what you have to do. Akiv has a great many different meanings as well. Particularly, Akiv is connected with Akiv, the heel of the foot, the lowest part of the foot. Rashi tells us something quite fascinating. Rashi says, if you will fulfill the commandments that you normally, well, step on, commandments that you don't think are important, Yes, we take a look at Yiddishkeit, we take a look at Judaism, and it has a great many ordinances, commandments, instructions from Hashem. 613, more in fact. And you say, well, this is important to me, and this is not so important. You know, a lot of people are taken by the man-to-God commandments. Commandments that bring you closer to Hashem, give you spiritual insight and spiritual warmth and spiritual awareness. And there are those who say, well, that doesn't mean much to me. I am, well, I am more interested in the man-to-man lie, laws, how to behave correctly, one human being to another. And then there are certain men who say, well, these aren't really important. It's, well, it's, it's the minutiae, it's some detail, it's something which is unimportant. Akif, what Rashi is telling us is that there are commandments that for whatever reason, philosophical reasons, practical reasons, well, I don't really accept them. I don't really follow them. I don't really see the importance of them. And this is what he says. If you are careful and make sure to fulfill all the commandments, even the ones that you may think are unimportant, that you tread upon, that you step on with the heel of your foot, then I will fulfill my promise of giving you all the wonderful things that Hashem, in fact, has in store for us. But it goes beyond that as well. It says, V'hoya ekev tishma'un as HaMishpatim. It doesn't say, if you will fulfill, you will listen to the commandments that I give you. And the Hasidic thought, ekev, refers to that particular dimension within our lives that brings about a state of humility. Now, humility is not something which is often talked about because, after all, we live in a me society. What do I get out of it? How do I benefit? Looking out for number one, I am the center of the universe. In one way or another, that type of thinking has overtaken the hearts and minds of people. 
People are obsessed with themselves, with their looks, with what they possess, what kind of power and position they have in community. People are obsessed with the idea of self. And because of that, the concept of humility is not very present. It's not very strong. Because humility means setting yourself aside, recognizing others, recognizing the environment separate from you, understanding an actual fact that, yes, you play massive role within the world that you live in, but at the same time, you are only one of the contributors. There are so many others. And when a person becomes so egotistical, that his feelings, and particularly his thinking, are so self-centered that whatever he thinks or she thinks is right, and others, well, unimportant. This is something which, unfortunately, not only brings about conflict and strife, but tremendous fragmentation as well. The Pasuk opens us up, according to the Hasidic masters, by saying the following. If you have Akev, Akev is a symbol of humility. If you have the ability to be humble in the presence of others, certainly in the presence of God, but in the presence of the entire creation that God brought into being, that you see yourself as important, absolutely, but at the same time, you see the importance of each and every other creature within creation. This is something that leads to Tishma'un. Then you begin to hear clearly and carefully. You know, we often spoke about the difference between sight and sound, seeing something and hearing something. Seeing something is exceptionally convincing and powerful. You see something. It doesn't take much effort. You open your eyes, you see something. Somebody shows you something. In that image, in that presentation, there is a tremendous application of certainty and fact. But you don't really understand the thing. You don't understand the detail of the thing. You don't understand the inner dimension, all those elements that make up for the image that you're seeing. I mentioned that a share last week about how we look at somebody else and we are either impressed or not impressed with what we see. But even if we are impressed with what we see when we see another, do we really know what that individual's mind and heart and life is all about? That takes the power of sound, of listening, of going through the details of appreciation and recognizing that it's the details that make up the whole. And once you begin to listen and listen carefully, your understanding of the object, of the image, of the other, is far more powerful. It's not only a fact that you've seen and has made a huge impression upon your mind, but you understand the individual, you understand the circumstance, you understand that which is being said. One of the great attributes of being a good pupil is the ability to have the humility to listen to someone else. Someone who is, in a sense, well, older, not necessarily chronologically, but older in wisdom. One who has gone through the experience of knowing and understanding that which is being taught. So you have to have tremendous humility to listen to the teacher's voice, to listen to the information that he's imparting, to listen to the knowledge that he is sharing. At that time, you can't have your own opinion. Perhaps later, by examining and analyzing and understanding that which you've been thought, taught, by all means, be critical. 
come along with your own ideas. But at the time of listening, listening means the ability to truly appreciate what someone else is saying, what someone else is teaching. And that takes tremendous humility. Because very often we hear something, we want to jump up, agree, disagree, I like it, I don't like it. But it takes time to learn. Learning is an exercise that demands a sense of purpose and honesty on the part of the teacher to impart with authenticity and correctness information and knowledge to another. And the one who receives must have the humility to listen, to understand, not to refute initially. By all means, as I said before, afterwards, once you understand, you can have your own opinion. And that opinion might be altogether different. But at the time of this exchange, the time of this interaction between the teacher and the pupil, it's vital that the pupil has the absolute humility to sit in front of the teacher and to listen carefully and to try to understand. And after you've heard what the teacher has said, you have to review what the teacher has said in order to ensure that you fully understand what in fact was being said. This is Vahaya Eikif Tishma'un, developing a relationship with Hashem, that not only do you follow His commandments because He is so instructive, not only are you impressed with that which He brought into being, but you actually listen to the words of Torah. You try to understand them as much as possible within the context of your ability to understand. You learn again and again and again. People who reject automatically, people who refuse to listen automatically, they're not scholars. They're boors. They say, I have an opinion. Where did you get that opinion from? How did you develop the opinion? Have you heard an opposing opinion? Have you had the humility of sitting at the feet, so to speak, of a teacher, of a master, and listening to words of wisdom that come after years of understanding, that come after years of experience, that come with a tremendous devotion of wanting to communicate. This is what Akib is all about. And as we go through the entire parsha of Akib, we have some fascinating, fascinating insights. The second paragraph of the Shema. Last week in Bat Hanan, we had the first paragraph of the Shema. And Shema says, Shema Yisrael, talking about the unity of God and how to love God with a tremendous, tremendous sense of passion and closeness to develop a sense of love. This week's Parsha in Akif, we read the second portion, the second paragraph of the Shema, the Hayah. It also contains much of what was said in the first paragraph with all sorts of additions because the second paragraph deals with the idea of reward and punishment. It deals with the idea of loving God in order to serve Him properly. And again, the Hoya Im Shemoah, you have to learn how to listen. You have to learn how to hear. You have to learn how to understand the words of Hashem by setting aside your own personal notions and ideas for a while and listening to the wisdom of greatness, listening to the wisdom of the divine, listening to the wisdom of God. And he speaks about the various commandments. He speaks about the great rewards that will come. And the great sense of unity that will enable people to bring about the state of holiness. To talk about those ideas within the Parsha 
of Akiv. Akiv means humility, tishmun, to listen, to make sure that you fully understand what is taking place. And this is why in the world that we live in today, it's vital. It's vital that each and every one of us learns to listen carefully. As I've said so many times before, there is so much noise out there. There is so much nonsense out there. We call it fake news, but it's not only fake news, it's destructive and violent news. It interferes with our intellectual, emotional, spiritual makeup. It's something that actually wishes to devour the unity of the individual and the unity of the world. Everybody has become a writer. Everybody has become a thinker because you possess an app on your little telephone. It's a world where there is a lot of noise and you have to develop the art of listening with a tremendously sensitive ear in the fullest sense of the word. But more of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the concept of having the necessary humility in order to listen carefully and therefore to expand not only your knowledge, but to expand your awareness of that which you encounter. When you see something is great, it's powerful, but it's limited. You don't fully understand it. When you listen, when you listen carefully, when you examine and go through detail, that's when you understand something. That's when you take something completely. And this is why within the Parsha, as I said before, the word Akif covers the entire Parsha. In the Parsha, we come across a very well-known and powerful statement. It says, It says, And now Israel, what is Hashem? What? The only thing He asks of you is that you have the necessary fear, or that you have the necessary fear of Hashem, to revere Him with tremendous, tremendous dedication. And the sages in the Talmud ask the obvious question, is that all God asks from us? Is Yira, is the fear of God, the awe of God, such a simple thing, such a small thing, that that's all he asks? And what do the sages answer? Yes, fear is a small thing. And we see it by Moshe. Moshe had the absolute Yira, awe and fear of Hashem. But the question, of course, isn't answered. We're not Moshe. Moshe was a great person. Moshe was an individual at the highest level the ultimate prophet, the ultimate leader. Of course, for him, this might be a simple thing. But for us ordinary people, how can we possibly suggest that fear is a simple thing? And our Hasidic masters, again, begin to explain that in order for us to understand this, we all have to realize that each and every one of us possesses a spark, an element of Moshe. Of Moshe, the greatest Jew that ever lived. The greatest, well, the greatest follower of Hashem, the one who brought down the Torah, the one who led us out of Egypt, Moshe, the ultimate protector and guide and shepherd of the Jewish people. Each and every one of us possesses an element of that within our own lives. And what it actually means is that each and every one of us possesses within ourselves greatness. Each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter where we're born, and to whom we're born, we all possess an element of true greatness. But in order for us to plumb the depth, in order to somehow enable that greatness to come to the fore, to come to the surface, to become something that we're conscious of, you need tremendous humility. When a person says, well, this is who I am, and this is what I am, that person refuses 
to search anymore within themselves. They are satisfied with the external and very often shallow dimensions of their own lives. And this is why they don't pursue an exercise that enables them to investigate the depth of our personalities and the greatness that is contained within. This is the humility. And this is something which we can achieve. And this is what Hashem says. When you will have the humility of actually looking into yourselves and finding that greatness within yourselves, you will come to understand that you possess an element of Moshe and how easy the concept of the awe and fear of God then becomes. But in order to achieve it, you have to have the humility of saying to yourself, I am far greater and deeper, more complex than simply what appears. And this is why an individual has to forever in every single area of life work to develop the idea of humility. The idea of humility is not making yourself small. It's ultimately making yourself great. But the only way you can make yourself great is by recognizing that that which externally appears is not the totality of who and what you are. You possess greatness, but it's deep within you. And in order to bring it out, you need the humility, first of all, of recognizing how complex you are, how blessed you are, and the humility to work in order to exercise that particular dimension of life that enables you to bring it to the fore, to bring it to the surface, to bring it to a level of consciousness. This is what this parsha is all about. This parsha is all about humility in the truest sense of the word, the ability to listen, the ability to recognize how each and every single thing within the world is there to teach us something and to try and listen to each and every single thing. Not only to see the world, but to understand the world. Not only to see that which is happening, but to try and understand it somehow to wade through the incredible and huge amount of noise and nonsense that are thrown at us the whole time. And to recognize, here is a kernel of truth. Here is something great. Here is something which I wish to express. To look at oneself and to recognize that dimension within oneself as well. And this is a time in order to do it. We have the ability. And this is the partial that teaches us how to do it. To talk to us about how to listen, how to grow, how to recognize and find that greatness within ourselves that enables us to live a life of greatness, greatness in every sense of the word, within our own lives, within the lives that we share with others, within our communities, indeed with the entire world. And this is why the Shabbos, when you sit down with your Chumash and read through the Parsha, listen carefully to the message of humility. The message of humility will give you insight into so many different things. Learn how to develop that incredible skill that incredible gift of listening, of recognizing detail, of recognizing the vast amount of information that is there within the teaching of Torah. Learn to recognize the vastness of God's creation. Learn to recognize the vastness, the greatness that's within you as well. And this is why this Shabbos is a special Shabbos. The second of the seven weeks of consolation. Consolation not only in terms of easing the pain, but actually transferring the entire negativity into something which is great, into something which brings blessing, and we see it as blessing. The Shabbos, use it correctly. 
use the time to recognize the gift of humility, you'll be surprised at how much you can achieve with Shabbos.